It's the Americhips with Kim Monson. Now, while this is all going on, I went through President Trump's speech and uh, Chuck and Nancy's rebuttal. The most important story. The American people finally said enough, and that is why they elected Donald Trump. The latest in politics and world affairs. Britain's version of Medicare for All is struggling with long waits for care. And opinions and ideas that prepare you to tackle the day ahead. Because ideas matter. It's the Americhicks, dissecting issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left. Agree or disagree, let's have a conversation. Well, indeed, let's have a conversation. Welcome to the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson, where we're having conversations about very important issues out there. Uh, and uh, thrilled to have in studio with me today one of my very valued partners, and that is Jason McBride with Presidential Wealth Management. It is great to have you here. Well, thanks for having me again, Kim. It's always a pleasure. And so, and you are a guest Ameridude. Ameridude. You are. It's and, not Americhuck. No, no, no it's not. Dude. It's okay. Ameridude. And uh, happy Father's Day to you and to producer Steve and to to Zach and to Keith and, and Patty. Uh, and uh, just, well, Patty's not a father. She's a, a mother. But happy Father's Day to all of you. I greatly appreciate all of you. So, Steve, what do you have to say? I think Patty's going to be sending you a text shortly. <laughs> she probably is. I better have my phone right here. But, yeah, it's a really special day. You guys are, are really great dads, and uh, what, a, what a great day. I'm, I'm thrilled. My, my dad, I, I always spend a lot of time with him, and uh, happy Father's Day to my father. And, uh, and also, today is Sue Kinfield's birthday, and she is a valued friend, and so happy birthday. And it's Flag Day. So it is a big weekend. Goodness gracious. I tell you what. So yeah. we're going to jump into into the show here. We're going to go through some headlines in the first and second segment. And third and fourth, we are going to focus on uh, on some really important information, Jason. You know, and you you call in every morning except one. Oh. <laughs> and, <laughs> and the preparation that you put into each of these conversations that we have, I know that you bring that to your clients. And, you know, we've talk, been talking a lot about, you know, the, the, the big picture, the big economies, but what really matters is people's personal economy. And that is something that you take great care in and that you specialize in. Well, that's true. And since you and Steve seem to delight <laughs> so much in busting my chops for missing one time, in six months, it's because all that preparation. I was up so late preparing to do your show that uh, that I didn't wake up. Well, it was act- your fault. Well, actually, actually though, you're you, so demanding. You, but you had texted me early, early that morning, and so I'm I'm ready for everything. Yeah. And, and Steve and I are scratching our head, and then we got worried about you because you are like clockwork. <laughs> Steve, I can tell you when. It- <laughs> no, I, I'm trying to like you just. That we're busting this chops. I'm going to try to lay out, lay off. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. The question right. is today: Will he be on time when he calls in? <laughs> I, I think that he will be, since since we have him in studio. So, oh, yeah. Okay. So that's a good thing. So, Jason, you know, one of the things that we talk about a lot is, I mean, you are a freedom guy. You're with Presidential Wealth Management. In fact, your phone number is 303-694-1600, Pennsylvania Avenue. I mean, you you guys have thought about all the details, which I think is really cool. Yeah, well, I didn't think about that, uh, but the the owners did. So, yeah, that, that's one nice little thing that that was on purpose. That's well, for sure. And over at the offices, you have you have some of the um, old Life magazines right. from World War II. And speaking of that, I forgot to mention this the other day, but 
a, a new friend of mine asked me. She works at Summerin um, Senior Residential, you know, seniors. And uh, so she asked me if I would make a presentation, uh, two presentations, which I did one on Wednesday morning regarding World War II and D-Day. And then I'm going to do one this afternoon. And Summerin is located just to the west of Hollage on uh, Arapaho Road. And I tell you what, Jason, it is a beautiful facility. They gave me a tour, and there were two World War II veterans that I met. Isn't that nice? And it was just great. And one of them actually was a mechanic uh, over in England, and he remembers as they sent the guys off on D-Day. He said it was awful weather. The the seas were choppy. But the thing, you know, I don't think I could be a nurse. Everybody you know, has special things that they can do. I don't think that I could be a nurse nurse, but I think that I could work in a senior care facility. I love kids. I love old people. I actually love everybody in between too, but I, um, I was sitting next to him. His name was John. And I just saw this twinkle in his eye and what I've seen with these guys, they're in their nineties now, but I can see that 17, 18 year old kid that was over there standing up for freedom. And I, I just love it. Isn't that neat that what a, what a, difficult experience that must have been but when they look back on it uh you know the proudness and the twinkle Mm -hmm. in the eye kind of shines through all of the the horror that they probably went through as well now you're going to have these guys uh, on your world war ii show i'm working on more prospects i'm I'm working on and that's one of the things is i'm like can you so we'll see if we can get them on the show one other thing and i I mentioned this but i wanted to re-mention this and that is um, last week, I got a text message from one of the guys that uh, Joe Conway, who gives me a lot of leads. He's back. He's we've never met person to person to person, but I get this text message, and it says, "Didn't you interview Russell Pickett?" And I said, "Yes." And so the next thing I know, I'm watching President Trump's speech at Normandy, and Russell Pickett was there How with a, num- a number of the different uh, veterans, and President Trump acknowledged him and went over and shook his hand. And he was on the first wave at Omaha and his landing craft. They got caught on something. And so they they didn't make it to the beaches. And he said that's why he's probably survived. But he was from that little town in New Bedford. I think it was West Virginia. And, Jason, that company was um, first wave Omaha. That little town lost 17 boys that day. Wow. I mean, it's absolutely astounding. So Zach, of course... You know, Zach, who's handling a website, awesome job, and all the social media, you know, made sure that he had things uh, positioned. And when you Google Russell Pickett, my interview with him and the Americhicks is the number one search. Isn't, Isn't that, that cool? Neat? That is fantastic. That is now so cool. You just cool. got to get the video of Trump shaking his hand in as part of part of the promotion. I guess we should probably do that. Yeah, so yeah. Anyway, it was so major cool, and what a great story. So be sure and check out my website, Americhicks.com. All those shows are there. But you know what these guys were doing? They were standing against force. You know, and that is really one of the questions that we go through all the time, Jason. It's in, and people in America, you know, we're getting all these uh, government programs. We had <clears throat> Dr. T- Thomas Cranwitter on earlier this week. And um, people, they tend to look to government to, for a solution. Government is not the solution. Government is force. And so we continue to try to make this case all the time. It's our questions in, in America is now it's freedom versus force, force versus freedom. Socialism is force. Nazis stood for National Socialist German Workers Party. And socialism never works out very well for the average everyday person. No, it doesn't. <laughs> and 
I think you have to realize that uh, those that feel they'll benefit from socialism eventually uh, become victims of it as well. So you may just be kind of voting for your own demise if that's the way you're heading. And there's been a lot of discussion lately about, well, Bernie Sanders was on. (laughs) Well, democratic socialism is different. It's not. Well, you're just voting in the people that are going to uh, impose it onto you. So if you want to call that different, that's fine. But the result's the same. And speaking of that, you know, John Hickenlooper, our former governor, has thrown his hat in the ring for for president. And uh, when they were out at uh, that moveon.org event in California, he actually was booed when he said that, um, you know, that, that socialism, he was implying that yeah. socialism isn't good. But Jason, his policies were, were socialist right here in Colorado. And I think what we're going to see <clears throat> is I think that he's actually going to challenge Cory Gardner. Uh, for a Senate race. And we need to continue to shed light on the fact that one of the reasons the Colorado economy has been so good is because of TABOR, our Taxpayers' Bill of Rights, which has kept, to some degree, spending, government spending in check. And what TABOR, the Taxpayer Bill of Rights, does is it's really three things. I always talked about two, but I forgot the other one <clears throat> until Natalie Minton was on. And that is, first of all, it's just about good manners. You know what? If uh, politicians and bureaucrats want to raise our taxes, what Tabor, the Taxpayers' Bill of Rights, says is you just have to ask us. If you want to incur debt, uh, which means that us, the taxpayers, have to pay that, politicians and bureaucrats and interest parties, you just have to ask us. And then there is something that uh, is going to be on the ballot this year. It was referred by the state legislature. I think it's called CC. And uh, what they're they're basically saying is, and and that is the other thing with Tabor is above a formula of of inflation plus population. Mm-hmm. If politicians and bureaucrats and interested parties want to keep that excess money, they just have to ask us. Right. But you know what? They don't want to ask us, and no. so they're going to have a ballot initiative this November that's going to say, "Hey, we're not going to re- uh, increase taxes because we already took it." Uh, without and it's very misleading. It's going to say without increasing taxes, and then they're going to say, "Can we keep your excess tax revenues forever?" You know, I'd I'd, I'd be curious. You might know, or Steve might know. Since Tabor started, since it became into effect, how many times have people voted to let them keep the excess versus wanting it back? <clears throat> well. Or chosen, voted might not be the right word. It's actually been, I think, somewhat nefarious because so if, it, for example, you have your, your parks district or your road district, they have done something that's called detabering and people didn't even know it. So they might ask to increase taxes for, you know, X, okay? And, and people feel, you know, if they know where their money's going, they can assess it and they're like, okay, you know what, I think, okay, okay, I'll vote for that. But what they have done is they have included language in there to detaber it. And in many of these, and it's, it's happened across the state, they have detabered that. So hidden within that language, they've said, hey, we want to keep all that excess tax revenues. Right. And so I, I now read those ballot initiatives. If that's in there, I won't know. Yeah, I pretty much automatically vote no on any uh, tax increase because no matter how good they make it sound and how beneficial 
I just don't trust them. I, I mean, I got to tell you <laughs> the truth. You. When they're going to tell take take more money from me, I assume it'll be squandered, and that my dollar will be better spent by me and be more productive to the economy than anything you think? that the government can do. You think? I do think. I think that's once too. in a while. Yeah. <laughs> so, hey, we are going to. Uh, oh my gosh, Jason, this is going to go really quickly. Okay, I, I've got to do a couple of things. First of all. Frequent guest Stephen Kessler says that we ask socialists, liberals, three questions. First of all, do you have any skin in the game? Number two, are we bringing people up or are we yanking them down? And you felt good, but did you do good? And so what we're seeing is socialism, and it's through the administrative state. They're taking over transportation, education, energy, housing, and water. And uh, so let's go to our inspiration before we jump into everything else, and because you were here, I know you're a business guy, I thought, okay, let's have Milton Friedman, the great economist. So this is his inspiration. He said, I think that nothing is so important for freedom as recognizing in the law each individual's natural right to property and giving individuals a sense that they own something that they're responsible for, that they can have control over, and that they can dispose of. And that's Milton Friedman. For the funnies today, I we have funnies forever. We, once I found this crime a day from Freedom Works, that's all these different crazy laws that we have. And so USC, this is under the USC and the CFR. USC is United States Code, Code of Laws. CFR is the Code of Federal Regulations. Jason and Steve, are you ready for this? These are actual laws. Okay. Okay. It is a federal crime to request permission for an item to be taken on a NASA space mission as a memento unless you're actually going on the space mission. Number two, it is a federal crime to let a non-postman use your car to drive around and deliver letters to people for money. And number three, it is a crime to intentionally disrupt official business at the Library of Congress by photocopying things other than library materials. I am so glad that those lawmakers have been making those laws. Steve, what do you think? I stand amazed that they can come up with this kind of stuff. Yeah, me too. So we're going to go to break here in just a second. The Rockies, though, they took the first game of their series with the Padres, 5-1. to one. Game twos tonight. And last night, the Toronto Raptors took it all by defeating the Golden State Warriors 114-110. to 110. It is the first NBA title to go to a Canadian team. And the place to watch all of these uh, great games is Hooters. And enjoy Hooters, great beach-worthy seafood items like amazing fish tacos, delicious snow crab legs, and mouth-watering buffalo shrimp. I ordered it the other night when the girls came over, and I didn't even get to try it because it was already gone by the time I got to the table. Hooters has plenty of ice-cold beer options to help cool you down, and they have nine items for 9 bucks, 11 to 3, Monday through Friday, you have uh, nine delicious menu items, such as fish and shrimp tacos, salads, cheeseburger, Philly cheesesteak, and, of course, those great boneless wings. So dine in, get it to go, or you can have uh, Hooters delivered right to your front door. And for more information, uh, visit HootersColorado.com. That's HootersColorado.com. We're going to go to break. I have Jason McBride in studio, Presidential Wealth Management. Uh, we're going to go through a few more headlines, then we're going to talk about something really interesting regarding the markets and, you know, uh, what's happened since Trump has kind of gotten tough on some, some of these other countries. Yeah, yeah. And it's going to be fascinating. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. All AmeriChick sponsors are an exclusive partnership with the AmeriChicks and are not affiliated or in partnership with KLZ or Crawford Broadcasting. If you would like to support the work of the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson and grow your business, contact Kim at AmeriChicks.com. That's AmeriChicks.com. 
Don't miss Vino and Veritas, Wine and Truth, a study of the Federalist Papers. Join Kim Munson with the Americhicks at Water's Edge Winery in Centennial or Colorado Cork and Keg in Castle Rock. And now introducing Vino and Veritas in Fort Collins at Ginger and Baker. Kim Munson with the Americhicks would like to thank Auto FireGuard for sponsoring this fascinating exploration of the U.S. Constitution and sponsoring the new Vino and Veritas in Fort Collins. Kim Munson looks forward to celebrating U.S. Constitution Week in Grand Lake. Vino and Veritas, Wine and Truth, a study of the Federalist Papers. Sign up today at Americhicks.com. Welcome back to the Americhicks with Kim Munson, where we dissect issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left. Agree or disagree, let's have a conversation. I have in studio with me guest Ameridude, Jason McBride, valued partner. It's great to have you here. Yes, thank you, Kim. It's always an honor. Well, we're going to go through headlines, but you said you had one that you wanted to bring up. Well, I do. It could be under the headlines or the inspirational category. Okay. So uh, I stopped by our favorite convenience store this morning, Alta, at the corner of 225 and Iluff. And Mr. Spencer, one of our favorite people, was there. Okay. And guess what? He got promoted. He's now the assistant manager. That is Isn't awesome. Isn't that cool? Yeah, and people who don't, who, who's Spencer? Kim, uh, this was a guy who went in there one morning, bleary-eyed, you know, coming to do your show <laughs> to, to get some Gatorade. And he was just the nicest person. I mean, he just made my whole day. He was so happy and attentive and and just a wonderful experience. I mean, just tremendous customer service, which is uh, rare these days. And so it's like, you know, every time I come to the studio now early in the morning, I I say I have to go get my Spencer on first to get all pumped up to come see you. You know, and uh, as you mentioned, he worked the night shift. So because I ran over after the show because I wanted to meet him and he was gone because he he, uh, got off at work at six. And um, but really all the people there just really, uh, you know, so helpful. So, you know, and, and when I mentioned his name, you know, their their eyes lit up about it. But this is the thing, uh, you know, Martin Luther King Jr. had said something about if you are a street sweeper, whatever job you do, do it well. I quoted Denzel Washington within the last week or so. He said, if I'm a cup maker, I'm going to focus on that cup and make it the best cup that I can and not worry what everybody else says. And so does Spencer. He's a young man doing a job well. And guess what? When you go out and you work hard and you keep your nose to the grindstone, somebody notices. And so now he's the assistant yep, manager. Yeah, there we go. And I told him we were going to talk about it today. So I hope he got in his car and he's listening. Okay. Well, Spencer, you are an inspiration to each and every one of us. And congratulations on your promotion. Absolutely love it. We're going to jump into some headlines here. And I've been trying to get to this for the last three days, and quite frankly, we've just had so many different things going on. But this is from CPR.org. It says, the state audit finds critical problems with Colorado Department of Transportation's budget. Colorado Department of Transportation, CDOT, has significant budgeting problems, according to a state audit released this last, I guess it was a week ago, Monday maybe. The audit found problems with completeness and transparency of CDOT's budget, which totaled $1.56 billion in the 2017 fiscal year. Key points from the audit include the agency lacked processes to detect and prevent employee fraud. 
CDOT's fiscal year 2017 budget plan did not include all legally required information. So to that point, Jason, you know, we have uh, legislators that, that they put in place that, you know, you're supposed to legally give information. And here they're not doing what they're supposed to be doing. So anyway, such as more than $1 billion that carried forward from prior years. That made it difficult for auditors to check CDOT's budget against how it actually spent its money. In fact, the department spent $582.7 million more that year than was approved. How did they do that? Where did it come from? How did they do that? I don't know. Okay. Hopefully we'll find out. Well, okay. CDOT does not close construction projects in a timely fashion. Duh. Meaning unused money isn't made available for other projects. CDOT staff and the Transportation Commission, a governor-appointed body, okay, and uh, just remember who was governor, you know, back in 2017, Hickenlooper, who is going to be, who's running for president. I think he's actually going to run for Senate. And uh, so anyway, um, it says a governor-appointed body that oversees the department agreed with the auditor's recommendations and promised to implement them by the end of the year. That's what they do. Okay, we'll, we'll, do, we'll, we'll take care of that. But then, you know, who goes back and checks it out? Well, apparently no one. Senator Paul Lundeen. And I tell you what, that guy is a hero. Is that the Darth Vader voice guy? Is that yeah, the guy uh, you have on yeah, that has a really deep, he kind of sounds country, but it's deep. That, like, that's actually um, S- Senator uh, Kevin Lund. Or, okay, or, and, sorry, I got it wrong. That's, but Senator Paul Lundeen, a Colorado Springs Republican who sits on the Legislative Audit Committee, said it's imperative that the department get its house in order, especially given that voters have been asked to raise taxes on themselves for transportation projects in the past <clears throat> And uh, actually, they're going to be asked again. And that that circles back to what we talked about in the first segment. And that is this, um, I think it's uh, referendum CC. And that is where they are going to be asking you to give up your tax refunds forever. And they said, we're going to use it for the two things that people tend to say they care about, transportation and education. And so you can see here, CDOT doesn't have their house in order. Why should we give them any more money, Jason? Well, I'm not sure I could tell you where a lot of that extra went is building that extra light rail uh, that went from Lincoln down to Ridgegate, which is right by my house. And I'll tell you, Kim, I drive by every day and I wave at the empty trains and I wave at the empty parking lot. Well, and Jason, when I was on city council was when those uh, particular questions came before us. And I voted against that. And one of the reasons was is that project was supposed to be $207 million. As I took a look at the estimates, though, that didn't match up. That was coming in at $256 million. Now, I haven't really looked at it um, a whole lot, but I voted against it. And the reason was it be, is because that included like $96 million of federal money. And as I really thought about it, Regional projects, if we want to have a regional project here, we need to be willing to tax ourselves and fund it ourselves. And so to go to the federal government to get $96 million, as you mentioned, I go by empty trains all the time. Typically, the only time I see a full train is if there's a Rockies game or if there's a Broncos game. And, uh, and the real cost of what that, co- uh, that ticket is, you only are paying 20% of what the actual operating cost is. So if you're paying five bucks or eight bucks, if you're paying five bucks to go downtown, the actual cost is really 25. So your round trip is 50. 
Wow, and so is the federal government subsidizing the difference, or where does it come from? It's actually coming from the taxpayer. And as you as you know, one of the things that we do is um, there's an RT. Well, there's a sales tax, and uh, so that's one of the places where we are funding that. Okay. Is everybody else is is funding that? But once again, you know, because because there's all the the subsidies, you know, subsidization. Yeah, easy for you to say. Because of that, they don't have to get their house in order. And that is what's so frustrating. And so they're going to be asking for, for more money. And I submit to you, and one of the things they talk about is congestion, congestion on the roads. And what can we do about congestion? First of all, you know, when we are using economic development dollars, and what that does is that picks winners and losers. One business gets breaks on things, the other one doesn't. But they use that, to, they say, to create jobs to bring more people in. Well, you know, I'm not sure that, that I think that's that great of an idea because that puts pressure on schools, that puts pressure on, on our roads. And, of course, we could talk about illegal immigration as well right. because that does all that. But one of the things that they could do is they could actually work 24-7 on these road projects. And they could get them done in a timely manner so that, in essence, we could use all the lanes as we're moving about uh, Colorado instead of having to sit and wait for construction. Well, it seems like it, they're, they're all so slow. By the time they finish it, it's now out of date already, and the new road is packed and congested. So they finish, finish it up and then start tearing it up again the next day. So it, it's, it's really something. It, it is really something. And so... Um, you know what? I think that before we give them another dime, they need to get CDOT needs to get their house in order. Well, I I would mention one thing, Kim, real quick. It's amazing to me, like with this four seventy project. You're right. How long it's taking, and you drive down that, and it's like there there's three people and one truck moving, and all this equipment sitting there. You know, my wife and I were out in Nevada a few months back. We went to the Boulder Dam, if you're the Hoover Dam. Mm-hmm. Have you ever been on that tour? I have. It's amazing where they describe how they finished that amazing, huge project, like two years ahead of schedule and under budget. And I'm thinking about what a massive undertaking that was with technology that was nowhere close to what we have today, and and we can't even finish a stretch of road. Uh, it is. It's very frustrating. Well, and speaking of the, the roads and then the Southeast Light Rail extension, uh, another thing is, is, is you saw that there were politicians and bureaucrats and interested parties that wanted to get that done. And so they streamlined the permitting process for that. But yet for other things, uh, it might be a road or something, they might not streamline the permitting process. And so all those things contribute to congestion. Right. But then what they say is we want to fix congestion because they know that people, actually people are voting. They're saying, I know there's going to be congestion, but I'm voting with my car. I like the safety of my personal vehicle. It gets me from point A to point B in the most efficient manner possible. And I'll just mention one other thing. I went down to the um, the initial, I guess, hearing regarding, again, Governor Hickenlooper put in place an executive order regarding LEVs, low-emission vehicles. And then Jared Polis, Governor Polis, when he got into office within two or three months, he put in an executive order regarding ZEVs, zero-emission vehicles. And in essence, what they are working to do is to get you out of your personal vehicle and to put you into a train, a uh, bus, or ride your Could you have ridden your bike over here for this show this morning? Yeah, I could have gotten everybody's way. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So, interestingly enough, the new head of CDOT 
was there. And she was talking about the importance of mass transit, of getting people out of their vehicles. So I think that it's almost sometimes by design that they are trying to, to make congestion so bad that everyday people vote uncle because then they come in and they say, we're going to take care of this congestion if you just give us a little bit more of your money. Well, it hasn't worked so far. So why would we do it again? Because uh, they'll tell us mistruths to trick us over and over. Because we're not paying attention. And that's why we do this show, right, Steve? Amen. You got it. So like, I go to your example just now about what it, you, you, the fare you paid for light rail. And, you, and you're, you, know, you put that receipt in your pocket and you go your merry way and you think, I've covered the cost of this. And like you just said, well, really you haven't. Well, then again, you are because of RTD taxes and, and, and all those types of things. I still maintain the average person has no idea exactly how much they're paying in taxes. Uh, that's for sure. And so we need, you know, let's go to work on that. So we're going to go to break, though, because we have Jason McBride in studio, and we're going to be talking about, you said you thought it might be interesting to compare how our markets have done con- uh, compared to the rest of the world since early 2018 when President Trump really started challenging other countries about their trade deals with us, so like China, South Korea, uh, Britain, Canada, Mexico. And so I think this is going to be fascinating. Yeah, and if you want to do some more headlines, Kim, we can stick that in the last 15 minutes, too. You're the boss. I'll leave that up to you. We'll see how it goes. Okay, sounds good. This is Kim Munson with the AmeriChicks, Jason McBride in studio, Steve's behind the board. Thank you to Zach, Patty, and Keith. We'll be right back. Dan Predovich and his team at Predovich & Company help your business plan ahead financially. The AmeriChicks with Kim Munson highly recommends Predovich & Company as your financial business consultant. Predovich & Company will take care of your tax preparation, bookkeeping, and business advisory services. Dan Predovich and his team want to learn the unique needs of your business through real, honest dialogue. Because of their advanced technological capabilities, Predovich & Company can help clients anywhere in the United States. Call 303-791-3000 to start preparing now for next year's tax season. Organize your business finances with Predovich and Company. Call 303-791-3000 today. You want to succeed, so you need to dress for the job, event, or relationship that you seek. For over 30 years, entrepreneur, stylist, and Americhick Kim Munson has been helping women look their very best. And guys, Kim can help you with made-to-measure shirts that fit great and you'll love to wear. Guys and gals, if you want to up your game and freshen your look, email Kim at Americhicks.com for your initial style consult. Kim at americhicks.com Social media is important to the Americhicks since it's an avenue we can utilize to hear from and speak to all of our friends. For those of you who enjoy listening to the show, we'd love to hear what's on your radar. Follow us and talk to us at Americhicks Twitter and Facebook pages. Also, if you're a business owner who could benefit from some extra foot traffic from like-minded friends, consider advertising on the Americhicks radio show. Contact us at americhicks.com or email Kim at americhicks.com. You'd like to get in touch with one of Kim Munson's sponsors, but you can't recall their phone number. Find a full list of advertising partners on americhicks.com. Well, 
Welcome back to the Ameritrix with Kim Munson, where we dissect issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left, agree or disagree. Let's have a conversation. I just have to say thank you to Charlie. I tell you, the bumper music he puts together, I just, it just, it just, I never know for sure what it's going to be, and I absolutely love it. So, hey, we have in studio with us a valued partner, and that is Jason McBride with Presidential Wealth Management. And you and your colleagues over Presidential Wealth Management, you know, you, you watch the big picture, but you also, you know, you realize that what really matters to people is their personal economy. But we have talked a lot about tariffs and uh, Trump's tariffs and, and what that's doing exactly. And so you decided to put together uh, some some numbers regarding other countries, you know, how things have reacted as since Trump started to get pretty tough on this. So, Jason, let's go through this. Where should we start? Well, I, I think it is interesting. If you think about it, our markets were on, uh, you know, pretty much a straight upward tear until right at the end of January 2018 when Trump first announced uh, he was going to start using tariffs against China. And we've had a lot of volatility since then. If you uh, look at our markets, they uh, basically are unchanged almost since that point. Our uh, the S&P, uh, Dow, NASDAQ, take an average of those. We're up about <clears throat> 1% in the last 15 months. And, uh, you know, it's kind of been what I call a Congress market. Mm-hmm. It's made a whole bunch <laughs> of noise. Yeah. Uh, look at happened. me. Look at, but at the end of the day, nothing's changed. And uh, But, you know, certainly being pretty much break even over the last 15, 16 months, uh, we're one of the champions of the world at this point because mm-hmm. uh, a lot of other markets have reacted much worse than ours have. And, and in particular, some of the, the markets of countries that Trump is targeting for their unfair trade practices. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. OK, so China, I'm looking. So you went through and did a whole bunch of them. China is down 26 percent. You said we're up one percent. So this is actually really affecting China. Well, it is, and I, I, I still think they need us more than we need them. I, I, uh, I think that's the case. You know, they, uh, uh, they don't have the internal economy to sell their products to their own people and keep things floating, so they need the rest of the world. Uh, the United States is the piggy bank, and, and while, you know, it is nice uh, to get lower prices on some products, I, I still think America is the greatest country on the face of the planet, on our worst day than any other country is, even on their best day. And, and we could do it, you know, when manufacturing comes back here. Uh, I think our products are better. I think it, it'd be great to have more jobs here. And, it, yeah, you're going to have some disruption in the markets and, uh, you know, with the farmers sometimes and the jobs numbers might get a little bit volatile but long term, I can't see how it's not a big positive for America to have more manufacturing and jobs and products made right here by American workers. Yeah, Jason, it's interesting. I got my hair done the other day and I was uh, eavesdropping on the people in, you know, next to me. And they were talking about the tariffs and farmers and, and they were really, I, I feel, parroting what you're hearing from the mainstream media. And uh, I know a number of farmers, and, and uh, they've said, yeah, th- you know, what this, this is hurting on the short term, but this is something that needs to be done. And, of course, President Trump has said to the farmers, we're going to help you through this, because I don't, think that it's, I don't think that it's fair that one industry has to take the whole brunt right. of what is happening. I think that this is something that should probably, you know, we should all help out on, on, on this particular thing. But um, one of the things, and you had brought this up when we had talked about tariffs a while back, and, and that is, is that, 
that kind of the 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 idea that we see in the mainstream media regarding raising taxes, for example, you know Bernie or you know any of the um, the uh, candidates over on the Democrat side, they think that things are static. They think that if they raise taxes, that there's not going to be any changes. So they raise taxes. They think that that uh, you know that that people are going to just continue to act just as, as it is. But if you raise taxes, people start to make other decisions right. and tax revenues go down. They, they think it's static. And that's the same thing that you brought up regarding tariffs. Right. And that is that people think that there would be no adjustments in the market. And you'd mentioned that, quite frankly, China then will have to compete because you're going to start to see manufacturers might move to a different country. And so, in fact, they may reduce the cost over there. And so to the, the actual cost to the... The American consumer it may not be that much, and and then you did something so creative. You actually started calling different businesses about washing machines. Yeah, because washing machines are the one thing when you read any article about tariffs, that's what they're squealing about. Oh, the poor people are going to have to pay twenty five percent more for a washing machine. Okay, well first, here's what I would say: even if that was true, big deal. How often do you buy a new washing machine? Once every 15, 20 years, but it's not the case. Uh, The other thing I had said, Kim, was these uh, importers, these buyers of the Chinese goods or the steel or whatever, if the tariffs go up, like you say, the mainstream media just likes to say it's linear. You know, it Mm -hmm. just gets all passed to the consumer. I don't believe that for a minute. Uh, If I'm a buyer of these products and and I've got an increase in the price because of the tariff, I'm going to go back to China and say, hey, you guys are going to have to cut your price because I can't pass this on down to the consumer. And I've called around. I can confirm that that's the case. Here's another uh, person that I talked to recently about steel because that was a big one, too. It was steel. Uh, I have a, a client who was in the steel business for about 40 years here locally in in town. Uh, And he knows the business inside and out. Uh, And what he said is happening now is that there's so much of the steel manufacturing has moved back to America. And he said the prices have not increased that much, maybe a little bit, but nowhere near what they're they're, uh, touting in the news. And he told me, and Kim, I'm sorry, I can't remember if he said it was here in Colorado or nationally, but he said 90% of all the steel is now being made right here in America. Versus, I, I don't know what it used to be, but uh, but that's a big. That is big a big deal. deal. That is bringing jobs back. You know these little towns, these steel towns, uh, and Obama said, you know, these jobs aren't coming back. And Trump has been in office what about three years? Well, two years, two and a half years. Yeah. These jobs have come back. GDP three point two percent. You know, and the American people. It's, it's helping their personal economy. And he's not saying I'm raising GDP for this identity group or this identity group. It's raising everybody's boat. Well, I think it is. And you could see that in the improvements in the unemployment and the job numbers. We went through that in detail last mm-hmm. time I was here. Uh, again, I, I don't think they should break it up into groups, but they do. And we can see that, that everybody's boat is being lifted uh, by the higher GDP. And so I think uh, the economy has, has been very good. And Trump has kept his promise uh, to help uh, the minority communities. And he's done it to, by offering them jobs. 
you think what's it, a better way you know to give them a bunch of free money and uh no give give a man a job you've got a great saying about that kim and i think it says of, everything it's one of the most compassionate things you can do is to give another man a job and instead of a handout so let's go through this is just really really fascinating uh uh, is Mexico on here by any yeah, chance? Yeah, there's so many on here. I'm having to dig to find them. Mexico's over there on the right-hand side, Kim, Okay, near the top. So here if we go. we go through, yeah, Mexico's markets are down about 22% uh, since this started. Again, compared to ours, which are basically break-even. Uh, South Korea, I know that we kind of consider them an ally. Mm-hmm. But Trump said that the trade deals we had with them were not fair to us and, and reworked a lot of those. Their markets are down 27% uh, since Trump got tough there. Uh, the U.K. down about 14 What were the other ones I put on that list, Kim? You've got it in front of you. I don't. Let's see here. Um, well, let me get back to the email here. I guess I should have my own information in front of me, huh? <laughs> well, you know what happens is you come in. So let's see. You had China, South Korea, Britain, Canada. Oh, let's talk about Canada. Yeah, Canada. Let's see. Where do I got that one? Oh, I found Canada is not as bad. It's only down 8% okay. uh, since the tariff stuff started. Now, some of the other markets, uh, here's a surprise. Which one do you think has done the best Boy. during that time? Uh, New Zealand. New Zealand. New Zealand's market is up 8%. I mean, it is absolutely uh, the champion market of the world over over this time period. And I, I apologize. I didn't uh, have time to go digging to exactly find out the opinions on why each one of these has done what it's done. Uh, but, yeah, New Zealand's up 8%. Uh, Switzerland is also break-even, so their markets have done well. Uh, Russia, Russia's markets Russia, are Russia, even. Russia, Russia, Russia. <laughs> Russia, Russia, Russia. Their markets are even pretty much since it started, only further proving the case that there must be collusion somewhere. I knew you were going to say that. There has to be. There's no other explanation for it. Jason, I hate to break in here, but I had... Uh, what do you want to say, Producer Steve? I found something here, this little nugget. Listen to this. Okay, let's hear it. And so what we have to do is to make sure that folks are trained for the jobs that are coming in now because some of those jobs of the past are just not going to come back. And when somebody says that that he's going to bring all these jobs back, well, how exactly are you going to do that? What are you going to do? There's no answer to it. You know... And that's when then the Obama gave the uh, um, the magic wand. Well, yeah, that, I think that's in the rest of this clip here. But every time I think about this clip, it's like, what does he feel like today after going out on that ledge, <laughs> but Steve- on that tree limb, and making an asinine statement like that? And the last two and a half years, can you say asinine on the radio? I just did, and I'll say it again: <laughs> asinine thing like that. I would. Well, you know how he feels. He says all the jobs are coming back because of the things that he did. That's, he, I and, mean, and he takes, the main, he takes it's, credit for it's it. It's absolutely astonishing. So, yeah. all right, so, somebody, so Trump saws off the limb that Obama was on, and on his way down, he's <laughs> saying, well, yeah, those jobs came back because of what I did. You know, let's keep that. We may need to play that on a regular basis. And, and do you have the magic wand thing? Or do you, it, uh, well, I don't want to take your time now looking for it, we'll but it I'm sure it's there. Okay. And to that point, that is why I think that they are going after, you know, President Trump is like a bull in a china closet. 
You know, quite frankly, he says things sometimes you go, oh, my gosh. But on the other hand, he's getting results. He, and, and when he goes out, he, it's not for this identity thing. It is for everyday individuals. And when you come right down to it, Jason McBride, you know it. You know that it's the, each person's personal economy that really matters to them. Trump gets it. He's doing things to help that personal economy. That's what you do over at Presidential Wealth Management. And that is why I think that they are going to work really, really hard to try to impeach uh, President Trump. And uh, because I don't think that they think that they can beat him at the ballot box. Well, even if they impeach him, the Senate's not going to convict. You wouldn't think. Well, I mean, that's you know, why you've got uh, you know half a dozen that you can't trust. But I, I don't know how they're going to get to two thirds. Right. That's why the next election might be really important as well. So let's go to break. I find this absolutely fascinating. You went through a lot of time to put this whole thing together. You've got about well, 20 different countries on here. So this is Kim Munson with the AmeriChicks in studios, guest Ameridude, uh, Jason McBride, Presidential Wealth Management. Steve's behind the board. We're going to go to break. When we come back, we'll talk some more about this whole tariff thing. And then maybe we've got a couple of other headlines that we might get to as well. So okay. we'll be right back. Award-winning realtor Karen Levine has 30 years of experience with REMAX Alliance. As a director with the National Association of Realtors, Karen Levine works to protect your private property rights. Karen Levine believes in home ownership. Since losing her mother to breast cancer, Karen Levine has helped to organize a local fundraising event called Karen's for the Cure, raising money for breast cancer research. Choose Karen Levine to buy or sell your home because she understands that it's more than just a house. Karen Levine comes highly recommended by the Americhicks with Kim Munson. So call award-winning realtor Karen Levine with REMAX Alliance today at 303-877-7516. That's 303-877-7516. Come join the 88 Drive-In for all your favorite blockbuster movies. We're open seven days a week. Admission is only $9 per person and children under 12 are free. Friday, June 14th through Thursday, June 20th, features will include Aladdin, Dark Phoenix, and John Wick Chapter 3 Parabellum. And remember our popular Monday through Thursday pizza special. Get one 12-inch pizza served fresh and hot from our oven and two tall, cool 16-ounce sodas, all for only 12 bucks. Plus, now you can top it all off with our new sweet, crunchy churros and a steaming cup of hot chocolate for for more information, go to our Facebook page or visit our website at 88drivein.net. You get more out of life when you go out to a movie. Hey, welcome back to the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson, where we dissect issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left, agree or disagree. Let's have a conversation. And you know what? That really resonates with people, that we need to be talking about things instead of, uh, you know, at each other's throat. But that is something that... Uh, I think the previous administration, we, it became more and more divisive. But, you know, one of the things that he said was that the new norm, uh, the, and this is former President Obama, the new norm for GDP was going to be one, one and a half percent. Well, here we had 3.2 the last, the last uh, quarter. And then you found that whole soundbite. Let's do that again, uh, Steve, as we are talking about these tariffs that Trump is, uh, he's gotten tough on trade. So let's hear this. And so what we have to do is to make sure that folks are trained for the jobs that are coming in now because some of those jobs of the past are just not going to come back. And when somebody says that he's going to bring all these jobs back, well, how exactly are you going to do that? What are you going to do? There's no answer to it. He just says, well, I'm going to, I'm going to negotiate a better deal. Well, how, 
what, how exactly are you going to negotiate that? What magic wand do you have? And usually the answer is he doesn't have an answer. Wow. Jason McBride, can you believe that? And you, in the last segment, we talked about one of your clients who's in the steel industry. And um, what did he say? Well, I, again, I, I can't recall if he said it's here in Colorado or across the whole country, but he said 90% of the steel that's being used is now being made in America. Right here in the USA. Yeah, and he made a point also how much higher quality uh, the steel uh, products are that are made here in America versus the stuff that's made over in China. Boy, I tell you, uh, I'll take more of that magic wand, Steve. I think that's pretty great. So let's go through a few other countries here. Now, again, this is since 2018. Jason McBride, you went through and looked at these different uh, stock markets of these different countries. Once Trump decided to get tough on trade, you said that basically we've we've kind of been flat. We're only up 1% uh, during that time frame. We're 2% off the high. Right. But uh, some of these other countries, we talked China's down 26 percent, Mexico's down 22 percent. What other country would you like to highlight? Well, one that I I didn't mention uh, was Israel, which is also held up well. They're only down about 2 percent during this time. Uh, But, yeah, South Africa. Now, you're telling me some things about that. They're getting beaten up, too. That that, their markets are down 31 percent during that time. South Africa is really having a tough time. So you've, you've got these radicals that have gotten into government. And so what they're doing is they're taking other people's properties and, and, and it's defined by race. Right. And uh, which I find that very racist to be doing that. And it's a dangerous place to be right now. And so it's very unfortunate. I think it's been a dangerous place for a long time. I actually had a, a friend and uh, a roommate, actually. Uh, no, not a female. It was a, a, a guy and Back his when gal. <laughs> uh, you know, but this was 20-some years ago. Uh, he was from South Africa. Both of them were, actually. And he told me stories about that country. It was He's telling me at the murders, uh, you know, they they would just uh, catch people, uh, light them on fire in the middle of the street and burn them. I mean, the, the violence and viciousness that we have in some places around the world uh, makes the, 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 you know, let's call it, the, I don't want to, the events that we have here occasionally seem very tame in comparison when it's a daily occurrence in, in some other places. Well, and to go back to the Constitution, and that is, is why, that's one of the reasons why the founders put in there that we were not going to do any cruel and unusual punishment here in the United States. And over all these years, we've, we've really worked to adhere to that, that vision in the Constitution. So let's talk about what's another country here. Sweetly, what about Sweden? You know, Sweden, that's one of the things that you, you have all these um, you know, socialists that, that they always talk about Sweden or Norway, but they've gotten knocked around a little bit as well. Well, real quick, uh, would you consider it cruel and unusual punishment uh, for Obama to be having to eat his words? <laughs> he probably thinks that that's the case. I'm just curious. Maybe we maybe you can get him as a guest on the show and ask him. I'll go to work on that. I'll let you know. See. You want to be the guest host on that one, too? Oh, I would love to. Okay. <laughs> uh, Sweden has not done that well either. They're down about 17% uh, during that period. We, we know there's problems over there as well, uh, very much related uh, to mass immigration and, and huge cultural change. Uh, that probably brings up a good point to mention Germany, which is going
going through some of the same uh, pains right now. Their markets are down 22% during that period. Uh, Kim, some of the other notable uh, ones that have acted very poor, Chile, uh, down 27%. I don't know a whole lot about what goes on there. Austria is down 26 And who do you think is uh, the biggest uh, turkey of all as far as the markets? I don't know. Was that, were you foreshadowing something on that? Giving you a hint there. Turkey. Aha. Uh-huh. Turkey's market is the biggest turkey, down 51% during the same period. You know, Jason, does this hurt everyday people in these countries when their stock markets are down like this? You know, Kim, that's a good question um, that I may not have the answer to. I would think in like the UK and Germany and that type of thing, I, I get the impression that everyday people do have investments very much like they do here. But uh, in countries like Turkey or uh, you know Chile or some of these smaller ones, I I don't know if the average person invests mm-hmm. in stocks there, the markets, or if they have retirement plans like we do. So that's that's a question that I don't have the answer to. Okay. You know, and that is one of the things that is so amazing. You know, when you invest in the US stock market, I mean, I think that it's really you're you're investing in hopes and dreams. You look at different companies, and that's one of the things that you you work with people on. You look at different companies and you say, "I like that idea. I think the management's good." We're about out of time, but there was one stock that you wanted to mention that I found most interesting, and it was Beyond Meat Inc. Yeah, you want to talk about now our markets are efficient at raising capital for companies that have great ideas. There's a, this was a recent IPO or initial public, so it just became publicly traded stock. Beyond Meat, they make a a beef substitute that, I don't know if you've watched the news, people are raving about this. They're saying it tastes exactly like beef. You can't, but there's no meat in it. It's like plant-based or something. And I think Burger King has a burger that's made out of it. Uh, But this stock has gone absolutely ballistic. Uh, The IPO was... Uh, you know, kind of back at towards the end of April, beginning of May, it was twenty five dollars. Mm-hmm. Now, normal mortals are not going to get any of the IPO, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first day, uh, the stock traded as high as about sixty five. The low was forty five. Uh, it just hit a hundred and eighty dollars a couple of days ago, and yesterday closed at a hundred and forty one. That that is just amazing. Uh, and the company's not even profitable yet. They're still losing money. They're expected to make a little bit next year. Uh, but their revenues the last four quarters have grown between 175 to 215%. I got to tell you, I'd like to go try one of those things. You know, and you could buy them to buy it. I think I saw somebody with some at King Supers okay. or uh, whatever. But it's just interesting that a company can raise capital an idea. so efficiently in our markets. And, yeah, there's some turkeys stocks mm-hmm. in our – we yeah. talked about some turkey stocks last year, but it's just such an interesting concept and in how uh, we can raise capital to help these companies mm-hmm. that have a new innovative idea. Well, that is a new innovative idea. Now, you know, in these initial – these IPOs, initial public offerings, I mean, there can be a lot of volatility. As you mentioned, you know, they're not profitable right now. I, I was always, I've always kind of been careful of those things that are so volatile. But what you'll probably start to see is then also competitors come into the market. Well, you might. Tyson Foods actually yesterday said they're coming out with a similar product that's like half beef and half pea based, not 
mm-hmm. you know, pea, P-E-E, like pea, like little green peas, yeah, uh, so. plant-based. So uh, we'll see if that's competition. But, uh, yeah, Beyond Meat's on, it's beyond compare right now as far as the hype and, and how much is stocks on fire. Well, Patty just texted me. Oh. She said the burgers are delicious, that she eats them often. How about that? So I we'll- wonder if they're really expensive. I wonder how much it is for a pound of that stuff. Maybe Patty knows that, too. She might know that, too. I don't think we're going to have time to get to that. Jason McBride, it is so great to have you in studio. This goes way, way, way too fast. It does. And sorry, we took up uh, time, and now you've got headlines. You're going to have to try to get in sometime later. We'll get them in next week. All my week. fault. No, it's all, we're going to blame <laughs> you. So, But our, our uh, quote for the d- today, Milton Friedman, he says, a major, major source of objection to a free economy is precisely that it gives people what they want instead of what a particular group thinks that they ought to want. Underlying most arguments against the free market is a lack of belief in freedom itself. That is Milton Friedman. So today, first of all, happy Father's Day to you guys. And today, read great books, think good thoughts, listen to beautiful music, communicate and listen well, live honestly and authentically, strive for high ideals, and like Superman, stand for truth, justice, and the American way. This is Kim Munson signing off. God bless you, and God bless America.